0: Welcome to One Brother and a Shot of Milk. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, you heard me right. I said One Brother and a Shot of Milk. Jack and Rich are flying solo, and you know what? It's so nice to have all the baggage gone. All this stuff has been slowing us down for months. This is going to be the fastest podcast ever, so sit down, buckle your seatbelts, and here we go. We are talking The Book of Boba Fett. What are we talking? Episodes four and five and six and uh,
1: seven? I believe we're talking episode three to seven.
0: You know what? You're right. We're talking three to seven, and that's what's going on. What have you been up to? What have you been reading? What have you been watching? What's your week been like?
1: you got into Euphoria? I'm on. God, man. yeah. It's... I'm on episode five, and wow i I kind of find myself fortunate that I didn't grow up in these times because, damn. But uh, yeah, that um. Raised by Wolves season two, yeah, three episodes into that, good stuff. Uh, what we got? We got Attack of Titan, uh, episode twenty one. I'm caught up on. Episode twenty two just dropped, so as soon as we know with this, I'm switching over to Hulu and Demon Slayer episode eleven. Wow.
0: Well, what season?
1: This is a uh, the district arc, so this will be season two, I believe. Uh, I two. just
0: started. I just started Demon Slayer season one. Yo, it's great.
1: Yeah. <laughs> It's dope, and y'all, I mean, y'all really need to be up on it? Like, I mean, we should be up on this right now so we can talk about it, because a lot of dope stuff has happened. Yeah, and, um, we, we need to
0: wrangle the other brothers in for that. I'm just saying, like,
1: maybe Lawrence might need to start reading. I mean, he reads comics. I don't understand why he can't read, why he watching TV, too. Anyway.
0: Well, he can put it on the English dub?
1: Not, not right away. Some, they come out with the subtitles first, and then, like, a few weeks later, they'll, they'll put the dubs out that but, first season's been out for a minute yeah the first season's been out for a minute but that, then again it depends on where you get it from get I, I usually watch it on hulu um crunchy wherever i can and usually when it comes out first is is the subtitles then so give it a give it a week or two maybe three maybe like a month and they they drop the dubs out so you know when Lawrence comes at me with the you know like my hero academia like he's getting caught up on it <laughs> i'm sitting there like man I'm, I'm i'm done past everything i forgot everything i looked at recaps from other people because who am I talking to about this? I can't talk to nobody.
0: It surprised me he doesn't read so much. I, he reads. He just don't like reading subtitles. Yeah, I, I get it, but I don't get it. <laughs> well, what else you been doing?
1: That's it. What about you? What you doing?
0: I finally watched the last Fast and the Furious movie.
1: So you you realize that they uh, they got superpowers now?
0: Yeah, dude. That, and that <laughs> film was straight trash. <laughs> I hate to say it, but it was almost entirely unwatchable for me. Wow. Like, Fast and the Furious 4, 5, to me, that's the height of this. That was the pinnacle of the series. 5, okay. 6, maybe, but we're on to 9 now, and all this beef between The Rock not doing the next one and, and Vin Diesel being like, come on. I'm like, you can't really blame the guy, though, can you?
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, these movies are just ridiculous yeah. at this point. They're so ridiculous that literally half the film, they're just making fun of how ridiculous it is. So I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I can't really fault them. I started getting caught up on my Oscar films. So I watched Power of the Dog, Okay, which is uh, it's Benedict Cumberbatch. It's on Netflix. The acting's good. But man, this this film moved slow. Hmm. Have you seen it? No, no. It was highly recommended to me, and so I was like, "I I, and I love a good western." Okay. And I I, and Benedict Cumberbatch, I think he's a sick actor. So I was like, "All right, let me watch this western-nominated Benedict Cumberbatch film." And man,
1: what's it about? Just give me, give me like a quick like synapse
0: without giving away because you go. Two hours into the film before before they commit to what the film's about, even though you know what the film's about before then, but it's like two hours in, it's two and a half hour movie, something like that. Before the reveal, oh, I put that in air quotes. The reveal of what the film is about.
1: Uh.
0: Um, so I won't tell you what that's about. On the surface level, it's about a brother who's a jerk to everybody, who's. Probably jealous of his brother who's able to find love in a woman. Okay. On some level. And that might be a really bad recap. But uh, uh, but the film is about something very specific that you don't find out until two hours in. And it's just, I was like, meh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Can't, can't get that time back. I also watched Tick, Tick, Boom. Um, which is the uh, Andrew Garfield musical Mm. About Jonathan Larson, who's the guy that's famous for writing the Broadway musical Rent, and it revolves around his life. Okay. It's a musical version of Tick Tick Boom interwoven with the guy's life. Mm. Yeah, Garfield was great. I'm not, musicals aren't really my thing. They're not my thing specifically, but it's a good film, and I could recognize it as a good film, and the performances are great, and the music's fun. Um but it was actually it was really nice to see the guy's story. I didn't I didn't realize that he literally passed away the it was like the week or something before his show premiered. Rent oh, wow. which which anyone who knows Rent knows that really revolutionized what a musical theater production could be. Right. I mean the guy changed the game.
1: Yeah.
0: The irony of him passing away right before the thing opened. It made me think of like Vincent Van Gogh, you know, Van Gogh, who is revered as one of the greatest artists to ever live, Right. literally died a failure, <laughs> <That's> a <pretty laughs> you know, yeah. like he he died a failure <laughs> and he's the guy, he's the quintessential that you can strive to be. So anyways, that's kind of what it reminded me of. That was, that was about my week.
1: Okay. All right. Well, listen, let me ask you something. All right. All right. Got a question for you. What's your question? Why did Batman's sidekick, Robin, get locked up?
0: I don't know. Why did Batman's sidekick, Robin, get locked up?
1: Because the policeman overheard someone saying, Look, he's Robin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. okay. Let that... You know,
0: that joke was moving so slow, I saw the punchline a mile it, away. <laughs>
1: listen, it doesn't matter, all right? The punchline came in. Right on time.
0: I wonder if that joke would play better if you didn't say Robin in the setup. I mean it that was how the
1: joke was written.
0: Like it would play it might play better if it's like, do you know why Batman's sidekick got locked up?
1: Yeah. That would. Why?
0: Because he was Robin.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Anyway, let's redeem this segment. Please, let's do that. Let's go on down the street, take a left at the light, just start murking people on the side of the road and grab ourselves some Collector's Corner memorabilia. Show and Tell time. This is where we're going to showcase something that's, you know, personal to us, close to the heart, worth a million dollars, or just sentimental, which I guess is personal to us and close to the heart. I guess I said that like six times, all right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let me show it. Let me show you what I got here, all right? I got, um... My pop, three twenty six, The Mandalorian, and oh. this is my man in season one before he got his full decked out armor. It's holding, yes. his, holding his uh, disruptor, I believe it's disruptor blaster, and uh, yeah, man, it was dope. I saw this, I'm like, yeah, I have to get this joint. The uh, the the helmet is not really all that polished and shiny. you kind of got a little little rust up on like the forehead portion of it. Yeah, and man, this thing is uh, pretty dope. I'm like, yeah. I mean, get him before he uh before he got the uh the level up, if you will. Just, freaking it's...
0: Mandalorian. I wish that's what we were talking about. Yeah.
1: I mean, we're gonna talk a little bit about some Mandalorian.
0: Yeah, because he like totally debos the whole season. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but yeah, uh... three twenty six. Um, hopefully I can find the rest of them. It's like three more left. But yeah, this joint is dope. Bond. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty
0: great. You gotta you gotta get the uh, Grogu too.
1: Yeah, I, I saw I saw the um I saw the Grogu him and the Grogu together Grogu together and I was like ah, which one do I want first Let me grab the smaller one first I don't have a, a lot of room for the big stuff but I I get it eventually and I also saw a huge Mandalorian when he was like fully decked out in in the uh, in the armor and I was like yo a big one like thing was huge I was like I can't get that either it's just <laughs> it was tempting but I was like no let me just get the small one.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm. I dig me some Mandalorian. Well, I'm showcasing a, a little robot since uh, since we talk in Star Wars. This is it's not a Star Wars robot, but in Japan after World War II, what became real popular in the 50s and 60s, they started pumping out all these cool little robots. Ah. So this is an original Robbie the robot from the 1956 film. Forbidden Planet.
1: Okay.
0: He's just kind of like he kind of reminds me of a Dalek from Doctor Who, but it's a little uh, Robbie the robot. Yeah, I'm like
1: I thought that looked familiar.
0: And That's pretty dope. I got a special one I was gonna show you since I uh, since I knew it was just gonna be you and I, I thought I'd give you a little anime something. I showed a Zorro sculpture I had once. This is uh, an action figure of mine. Zaro fully posable. He's got his swords, got extra swords. He's got like three heads you can take on and off. Nice. And he's, I mean, very articulated. Oh, yeah. It's literally his toes point.
1: Oh, that's sick. You could bend the toes and whatnot. Yeah. You, you can bend the toes. Does it come with like a base you can kind of like set him in?
0: You know, that's the one thing it didn't come with and it really should have. Yeah. But he's, he does, he takes a position pretty well once you kind of got him stabilized. Okay. All right. Well, I guess it's time for the news. It's time for the news. Star Wars has dropped some articles about Obi-Wan Kenobi, mm. which I got to tell you, I am way more looking forward to Obi-Wan Kenobi than I was Boba Fett. I was looking forward to Boba Fett. And then we'll talk about that later as we get going. So Obi Wan Kenobi is coming out in, uh, on Disney Plus. The series is not only going to bring back Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen in their iconic roles, but it's also going to unlock a new era of storytelling for all the beloved Star Wars characters from that certain point in time, similar to what the Book of Boba Fett's doing. It's going to explore the last those last years from uh, of the Jedi Master. Before his fated meeting with Luke Skywalker. Okay. So we're really going to follow that segment of the story that's missing from the movies. And it's going right. to probably use flashbacks much like Boba Fett to fill in a lot of those gaps. Yeah. Which I hope they use the flashbacks a little better than the way they did in Boba Fett though. Yeah. Me. yeah. Some say that Obi-Wan Kenobi's might be at a disadvantage compared to the book of Boba Fett. Which had a relatively blank slate. For the character story overall. Because we know that Obi-Wan story is set in stone. We know how this story ends. So part of the concern is just how big can the stakes be?
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I went to Disney Plus and I saw Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I was like, they're not dropping that right I got excited. I was like, they're not dropping that right now. It was like a sneak peek into it. I'm like, only oh, I passed.
0: did too, man. I did too. I'll tell you why I got excited. Because... To me, The Mandalorian fulfills a certain world that's maybe underserved in the Star Wars uh, movies and stuff, okay. right? We're yeah. following the rogue. We're following the bounty hunter. We're following this other world, which is just so highlighted when we – when The Mandalorian steps into Boba Fett. Again, yeah. you're like, oh, yeah, that's what I loved about The Mandalorian. Yeah. And it's what I'm really liking about Boba Fett. And so, but I was like, yo, man, it'd be dope to have a a lone Jedi story. Mm. And so I'm hoping that we we really get the Jedi in journey in this series, but we'll, we'll find out. Other news, the Oscars, we got Oscar buzz. The Oscars have announced who is nominated for stuff and what they're nominated for. Now, I know that's kind of not really our topic, but some superhero stuff is nominated. So. Spider-Man No Way Home is not being nominated for Best Picture, which is crazy because it was the best damn picture that came out last year. It really was. You know what is getting nominated? Dune, but not for Best Picture. Dune is getting nominated for Best Original Screenplay. Don't ask me why. Hmm. Best Cinematography. Yeah, no brainer. Best Production Design, Best Costume Design, Best Original Score, and Best Visual Effects. Basically, Reiterating that the film is a gorgeous, beautiful film, sadly lacking substance. Yeah. Another film that got nominated is Free Guy starring Ryan Reynolds. Okay. One of Rich's favorite actors. <laughs> the movie is getting nominated for Best Visual Effects along with Shang-Chi and Spider-Man, which are also been nominated for Best Visual Effects. Um, But I got to tell you, man, when I think of a best picture, I think of the overall experience. Right. And Spider-Man Into the Multiverse won best picture as a cartoon. Yeah. You know what? Spider-Man No Way Home was a freaking amazing film. It's just a dope film. On other news, Rings of Power. This is... Amazon Studios been dropping their advertising campaigns for their new Lord of the Rings series called Rings of Power, yeah. and the public is having a field day with this ad- with their advertising poster campaign. Have you seen them? Any of them, Rich?
1: Uh, I've seen the making of one where they make the uh, the the flame of the rings and everything like that. It was it was pretty cool, but I didn't see anything to be. What are they upset about it? what's going on? No no, so here's what's going on. There are
0: twenty three character posters so far, and we're expecting maybe a few more uh-huh. but none of the posters have any heads or, or any descriptions on them, so it's kind of like a puzzle you get to solve who do you think these hands are. <laughs> oh. So it's basically like you're looking at their hands, maybe some mid-torso, and a weapon or an item in some cases in their hands. Mm. Um, so if you know the content, it's fun to kind of hypothesize who you think this is. Uh, otherwise, you might be like, what am I looking at? Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so keep an eye out for that. The uh, Ring of Power marking campaign is, has been pretty pretty entertaining. Uh, on other news... Elden Rings Mm -hmm. is about to drop soon. It's coming out at the end of the month. And they're saying that you can play as one of 10 character classes, each of which have their own specific, you know, uh, equipments and skill sets and strategies for the players to customize. Mm -hmm. And all of the different 10s are going to have completely unique uh, storylines, especially in the beginning to get the ball rolling. So I got that marked on my calendar. Coming, oh, yeah. out, coming out in a couple of weeks. Here's big news for Marvel and sad news for Netflix. Some of you may already know, but starting March 1st, the Daredevil and the rest of the Defender shows will be leaving Netflix indefinitely. Mm. You heard me right. The Netflix original shows are no longer going to be on Netflix. One can only hope they might move over to Disney+. Plus, and not just disappear entirely for a while right which they may actually disappear entirely for a while before finding in their home on Disney plus this is because disney is they're going to reboot some of these characters they've already started introducing some of these characters in their content mm. and they're trying to now just kind of clean the slate and start things over which also means don't be surprised because it is highly likely that Marvel Studios is going to discontinue all other outsourced material, such as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Runaway, and Hellstorm. So don't be surprised, ladies and gentlemen, if in the near future the only place you can find Marvel content is on Disney+. Just
1: putting a chokehold on it.
0: <laughs> oh, and uh, Finn Jones... The guy who played Iron Farts, I mean, <laughs> sorry, Iron Fist, said it's really sad there wasn't a season three of Iron Fist because that was going to be its peak. And between you and me, Rich, I'm guessing that would have happened is he would have discovered that he has feet to throw too.
1: <laughs>
0: and the last bit of news is Marvel has announced that they're going to introduce a new comic book team called the Thunderbolts. And this is going to be dropping in May, so keep an eye out. It's going to be a new team of superheroes with Hawkeye at the helm and a few fan favorites such as Spectrum, American Chavez, and Power Man. And we're going to be seeing some debut of some new characters, I think Guts and Glory and uh, maybe Cyber Soldier, they were saying. So Thunderbolts is coming. Cyber Soldier, the Cyber Soldier. So Thunderbolts is coming to... A comic book shop near you in May, and that's the news. Nice, all right. It's time to roll your sleeves up, past your knuckles, right. past your elbows, <laughs> way past your armpits.
1: Wait a minute! <laughs> Why are your sleeves so far down your knuckles? What's happening right now? what do you? What are you? A preteen wearing an oversized sweater? Like, what's going on? listen, man. What I'm
0: saying is, let's, let's get, get. Ooh, ready to rock. Oh. Okay, let's do it. Get serious. All right. get serious. All right, get serious. Here we go. Now, this is a bit of a, this is a bit of a long debate, so it's a good thing there's only two people participating. <laughs> this is a four-part debate question. Now, I want you to think of, and, and those of you at home who are listening, you go ahead and play along with us. We got four questions here. And I want you to think of each of the questions individual, not related to the other, and kind of consider life, As we know, it might just be a series of events where our experiences shape us. They make us who we are. We might think of ourselves as walking experience physically manifested in the flesh. And if that's too much for you, don't worry about it. Here are the questions. Mm -hmm. What movie has most profoundly impacted your life or what's your favorite film? That works too. What video game has most profoundly affected your life or left a lasting impression? Or what's your favorite video game? What piece of music has most profoundly affected your life? This is a bit of music that's always on your top 10 list. It's always on your playlist. It's the music that maybe you most identify with somehow. And what comic book superhero has most profoundly affected you? Left a lasting impression, a role model, or you know what? I just dig this character. Maybe he's not a role model at all, but he's my fave. So those are the four questions, right? What we're gonna do after that is create our own original character. So, Rich, what's your favorite movie? Movies most affected you?
1: Really, wasn't too many movies that affect me. I like, I like a whole, a whole lot of movies. But if I was to pick one that made a, an impression on me, you know what? I would go with the first movie that made me somewhat, almost cry the legend of bagger vance whoa God, it's crazy nice pick the legend of bagger vance um i don't know what, what what it was about that movie but it was at you know coming to the end especially at that end it was like a man just walks away into the sunset i'm like and what am i done I'm here with my girl i'm like not in my throat <laughs> so yeah that one um i'm gonna go ahead and skip to the superhero Really didn't have a superhero that really impacted me that mu- that much in comic book form. If I was to name a hero that I looked up to, it would it would have to be my father.
0: Oh, damn.
1: like I'm oh, I'm gonna man. keep it a buck. That was, that was there damn. was no man that was stronger in my eyes than him. I mean, a close second would be Mister Saint Victor because he was literally a strong man. But um, yeah, my pops. Um, ah, I'm gonna have to pull a few video games from my life that impacted me uh final fantasy 7 not so much because i played a lot but i watched my brother play it and if you sit back and just watch it being played it is pretty much like watching a movie unfold in front of you yeah it, yeah that um and then three games in which i played a lot with my brother uh perfect dark 64 uh Hexen 64 perfect dark 64 was like a golden eye Pretty much a golden GoldenEye clone, uh, a spy, kind of futuristic, alien invasions, so on and so forth. But if you play that in like multiplayer, put the bots on, put them on really hard, it was a great time. Uh, Hexen was like a medieval, you got like uh, you had a mage, a warrior, like a barbarian, and like a, I think like two other classes. But it also, you jump in there with four players. Uh, running through dungeons they had a they had this one beam that would hit you like a fireball that would turn you into a pig <laughs> that i mean if you get turned into a pig the enemies come at you they squash you like real easy but it also allowed you to access parts of the board so that was pretty dope that was also a good time and forsaken 64 was like a futuristic um flying like motorcycle i want to say or like spaceship it was like a deathmatch type of deal you kind of going through like 160 uh, 360 degrees maps like it's just crazy like you come in like pipes would be like all over connecting the maps like you can come in from the top the bottom whatever and it's just you have to get get you can get uh sick real quick playing this game because the direction that everything would go you'd be flying upside down at one point flying straight forward and flying right side up and there was really no up or down in that game but that was dope and also you put the enemies on hard, sometimes you find yourself running away from them when you see them. <laughs> <laughs> so just, just, the, just playing with my brother on those. That's those, those, those games stuck stuck with me. Um, and then we're gonna go a little dark. Yeah, let me have it. A song that has stuck with me that kind of stays in my playlist: Biggie Smalls' "Suicidal Thoughts." Listen, when I was growing up. I was an angry child, not going to lie. And, you know, I had, at a brief moment, thought about doing some things. But I came to my senses. I thought about my brothers. I thought about my sister. I thought about my family. Because I'm like, if, if I do anything, those are the first people that are going to see me. And how would that affect them? So that kind of just, I want to say snapped me out of it, but gave me some, um, made me think a little bit clearer about. Uh, doing things like that and i do not suggest anyone if anyone is going through issues then they should really speak up and you know talk to someone that they trust that will help them work through it but i keep i keep that in my playlist because it kind of brings me back to that point and you know i kind of relive a little bit of those that that thought process i was going through and i honestly believe that that was probably the worst frame of mind that i was in and it, and it kind of just keeps me i want to say grounded but you know just like if things happen, you know, I have people to talk to. You don't have to resort to doing things toward yourself. So I keep that in my playlist. Every once in a while, I put it put it on, and uh, yeah. So with that being said, my superhero or antihero, my chaotic neutral, he would be. I'm gonna say he um a technomancer. And I say a Technomancer because of the Forsaken and Perfect Dark with the technology, with the tech stuff. And then Final Fantasy and Hexen with the magic. Alright? Um, I just thought of Bagger Vance now. He fits nowhere in there. All right. <laughs> no,
0: that's
1: okay. <laughs> um, so he, yeah, he, he controls technology through magic. He infuses it with his magic. And, um... Yeah, and also with the with the song, like he went he went through a dark a dark period in his life. How he got his powers was through, uh, I guess you would say, divine intervention. He tried to take his life, and the gods were like, "Nah, nah, we got plans for you." And brought them back, endowed with some with some magic and some special abilities, and uh, now he goes out there, uh, going for self, figuring himself out, and then gradually starts doing good and his name would be Akuji if I'm pronouncing that right. It's African. It means dead but awake. Wow.
0: Yo, you just came up with the sickest freaking comic book character, dude. Chaos Neutral Akuji.
1: Yeah, I was like, yo, that's that's pretty dope. I'm like, I had to think of a name. I was like, I'm I'm horrible with think names. I'm like, how can I I put, put I literally put in chaotic neutral name and you know, first of all, actually kids names that I've seen like Caden is a chaotic neutral name. I'm like, yeah, a bunch of Cadens are freaking like troublemakers. Yes, wow, Aiden is another one. So yeah, so that one popped up on me. I'm like, yeah, that's a good one. Dead but awake, and it also fits into the to the storyline. Yeah, crazy. that's
0: crazy cool, man. Wow. You know, I got to tell you the truth. I wasn't sure that this series of questions was going to actually yield uh, yield something. But I got to tell you, I, I really love what you just came up with. Holy hell, man. I was... All right. Yeah? What you um, got? All right. here's, Let me hear here's what, what I got. got. All right. Movie that's probably most stuck with me. I got to say Princess Bride. Okay. Um, I've seen this movie a billion times. There are a lot of movies from that time period in my life. But that's probably the one that's most affected me. And, uh, you know, I do stage combat It's cause I love the combat sequences and the kids, uh, in the movie, uh, growing up, used to always sword fight with my brothers and stuff. So All princess right. Bride.
1: Cool.
0: Also love something about pirates and boats and sea and stuff. Yeah. Final fantasy. I'm gonna say three. Okay. which was actually Final Fantasy 6 but it was called Final Fantasy 3 for the North American release. Mm. That was the first game where I really just sat down and again, you know, watched my brothers play or they'd watch me play. That's kind of how we did it back then. Yeah. Rotate off who's playing, but you really it was like watching a movie. Final Fantasy 7 of course. My god, best mm. maybe the best game I've ever played was Final Fantasy 7. So I was so excited for the remake. Yeah. But I'll say Final Fantasy 6 Okay. Music. There's a song from Grand Funk Railroad called "I'm Your Captain." Closer to home, it's like a ten-minute song. It's some for some reason. It's always kind of been tethered to to me, though. It's about this ship captain whose crew's gone mutinous, and the guy really just kind of wants to get home and wants his ship back. <laughs> um, I've always liked the song, though. And then Superman as, is the comic book character that's most profoundly affect my life. I just, I've always loved what the guy has stood for. And it's why I do have troubles. And Lawrence gives me flack for, for the way I respond to the way he's depicted in certain films. Mm. I believe that the guy has to stand for making the hard choice. And the hard choice is hard because it's not easy and killing is easy. And if he's going to do that, then it should be profoundly hard. The repercussions of it. Mm. I th- I think, and so that's why I'm so opinionated on those movies. But Superman's my number one. So if I put all those things together, I th- I think what I have is the pirate captain of an airship mm. who is bestowed godlike powers when his mutinous crew buoys him on a dystopian planet on a like dystopian steampunk world planet.
1: Okay. And he
0: discovers a glowing crystal that bestows him these godlike powers. And he's bequeathed the responsibility of bringing balance to the galaxy. So he has to overthrow an evil empire who's harnessing the powers of espers for their own, you know, personal gain. <laughs> and I, I think maybe it's called The Final Captain... Something like that. And the guy's name would have to be Kale something. I don't know. The name really kinda got me looped
1: up. Espers. Espers are like psychic?
0: Yeah, they're kinda like the the magical creatures.
1: Okay. Alright. So we're we talking like a godlike uh Jack space Spiro? pirate. <laughs> I'm good with the the the, the airship. I love me a good airship. Especially an airship that goes into space.
0: Well, that's what I love about the Final Fantasy series, man. You always have the airship captain, yeah. or some character whose name is typically Sid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, and Sid in the last, the last Final Fantasy was the the girl, the mechanic. The girl
1: mechanic was Sid. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right, that sounds uh, that sounds pretty dope. If that was a that was a movie, I'll definitely watch it. That's
0: what I'm saying, right? Yeah. It's, a, it's already a thing.
1: If it was a game, I'd definitely play it. I'm like, what? Yeah, well, I'd be
0: all over. Yeah, you give me a, a steampunk world where I got swords, magic, and airships. I'm I'm on that.
1: Okay.
0: Which is, I mean, that's basically Final Fantasy.
1: But pretty Final much, but you purposes. know. Can never go wrong with a Final Fantasy.
0: Nope, nope, nope. All right. Well, I mean,
1: that wasn't much of a debate, but it was dope. All
0: right. Well, I think that brings us to the main event it's It's time time for the the main main event. event all right so like we said we're gonna spoil the hell out of some book of boba fett episodes three four five six and seven seven so here we go recap episode three boba fett crosses the desert on the slowest creature in the entire Star Wars galaxy, basically for the entire episode, because once he gets to where he's going, he's got to turn around and go back. (laughs) And this creature is so damn slow that by the time he gets back to where he came from, all his Tusken buddies are toast. Yeah. Did I miss anything on episode (laughs) 3? Not (laughs) really.
1: Skip the part where you know they... They stopped the the spice and they made a deal, or he went to go, try to go make a deal with the Pike Syndicate, who then was like, "Well, I'm not going to pay you and pay these other guys." So now he goes to, to the Speeder Gang, messes them up, but then he makes his way back, which is yes, okay, that's why he's so slow. All right, then he makes his way back to the to the Tuscan Raider friends, and they're all dead, but when it looks like the the Speeder Gang. Were the ones that uh that wiped him out. Now he's out for revenge. And
0: that brings us to episode four. Episode four, we're back on the slowest moving creature in the entire Star Wars galaxy, and then we have perhaps the highest low tech surgery possible, set to EDM music. Episode four. Did I miss anything in episode four? I
1: mean, you're missing the fact that he saves uh. Damn it.
0: Right. He saves his assassin sidekick. Right.
1: He saves he saves his assassin sidekick. Forgetting her name. I'm so sorry for that. But um she still looked good. Um Finnick. She saves he saves Finnick. Um she was blasted in the gut. He brings her to a techno bar, a tech bar where people get modified and everything. Tells the doctor, "Fix her up." He fixed her up. Now she's like part cyborg. Just like the uh the 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 tech uh the tech the techno biker gang that he employs. Now she is forever indebted to him. He saved her life. Now she is indebted to him with his life. Or she wants to help him do whatever. He wants to get go into the slala, snarlack snarlack. Okay. <laughs> to yeah. to a treat, to achieve his um to retrieve, excuse me, his armor. Because he believes it's in there. Really not sure where it's at, But he thinks that's where it is. So they get the, uh, the slave one. Which was at Jabba's palace still. They steal that. They go to the Sarlacc pit. Um, proceed to kill the Sarlacc. Because apparently it wasn't dead. Uh, with a big ass bomb. Oh wait no. Bring it on back. He goes down into it. No, I'm right. No, he kills it first with a big-ass bomb. Then he goes into it. It's not there anymore. And he's like, oh, i got to figure out where it's at. And that's that's pretty much it. Okay. Which brings us to. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Bring it on back. Bring it back to the present. He hires the Wookiee, Black (laughs) Crascenton. I butchered that. Put that guy. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That happened. All right. Which brings us to The Mandalorian. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Probably the best episode in all of Boba Fett is episode five where Boba Fett's just not in it at all. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The Mandalorian debos the entire series for an episode and the episode's great. Yeah. It's just great. Suddenly mm-hmm. we're in an entirely different series and it's sick. He's kicking ass with his black lightsaber that's cutting people's heads off. Literally, the opening scene, he's just murking people, cutting through them through tables. He's in this dirty, grungy, like, meat shop. I mean, the texture, everything about the series just changed in an instant. And it reminded me, oh, yeah, this is why I agreed to watch this series in the first place, because I thought it was going to be some version of this. (laughs) Episode five is great. Basically you got the Mandalorian collecting a bounty at the top of the thing. Cuts the guy's heads off. He, and he's making all these great choices like uh, like you kind of see Boba Fett doing, but Boba Fett doesn't really do. Where he lets the bad guys, the people who he should be killing, off. But he gives them the choice to either you know take his mercy or not. Mm. Then you got, he goes and he meets up with some other Mandalorians. He has these dope weapons, he makes a sacrifice for this, he's got this incredible spear, but the lady goes, it's not honorable. Well, Mandalorian's honorable person, so he melts the spear down to make uh, some very special armor for Grogu. But then he gets caught that he took his helmet off, which you know he takes his helmet off in the Mandalorian at one point. Two points or something like that. And it's a big deal in that content. And it's an even bigger deal in this content because they say, hey, listen, you can't stay. And if you want to be a Mandalorian, you got to go baptize yourself in the waters of the whatever, whatever, in the tunnel of the whatever, at that place, wherever. And he goes, yeah, I guess I got to do that. So then he's got to leave. So he does. He leaves. He's born his airship thing. And they go, hey, man, you can't have any weapons. So he's got to put all his weapons in a chest. I thought that was going to play out a little differently, and I guess I was glad that it didn't. He Mm. just got him. He got all his weapons back the second he got out of there. But I was like, man, you really put that lightsaber in there? Yeah. And he's got maybe the best line in the whole uh, whole episode right there. He goes, these weapons are my religion. (laughs) Mm. I'm like, yeah, man, they really are. And that's understanding the Mandalorian. So then he... He uh, lands on this other place and he's got to save his friend who then he's commissioned his friend, the lady, to make him a starship so he can sail around. And man, this scene was exactly what the scene wasn't when Boba Fett made his weapon. When Boba Fett made his weapon in episode two or whatever that was, one or two – And it was just lackluster and boring. And then we had some other version of it where he took the girl to the EDM techno place to get her guts redid. All right. And now we're sitting here in Mandalorian, and they have the same version of the scene where they got to make this starship a thing, and they got to build it out and fix it. Dog, I was along for the ride. Oh, sorry. This is still a recap. Right. Let me Let me push through. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, y'all, if you can't tell – the second Boba Fett wasn't about Boba Fett anymore. The content was great, and I don't know why. Anyways, he gets an airship. Then he's got to, uh, then he's got to go find Grogu. I think that's kind of Episode Five, right?
1: Uh, yeah, he went to go see Grogu to give him the the item in which was made from the spear, the Beskar spear. Um, and you get did a, that
0: whole, did that whole scene, that all that stuff was in episode five, Luke yeah. Skywalker and all that. Yeah. Holy F y'all. I'm telling you this was episode was dope. So then he goes to the place where Actually, Luke Skywalker no, no, no. trained.
1: That was a episode. That was a bit in That was episode six. Sorry. It was episode yeah. six.
0: So what else happened in episode five?
1: Uh, I mean, you really skipped over the whole fight with the lightsaber.
0: Oh yeah. Well, I mean, kind of talked about it. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Yeah, so listen, the lightsaber's pretty dope and it's heavy as hell if you're not connected to it spiritually on some level. You almost you almost can't wield it at all. It's like the most impractical weapon ever, it, which it, I really loved.
1: Yeah, if you're not in tune with it, if you're not if your mind is not clear and free and you're not in tune with the weapon then with each swing it gets heavier. gets heavier. And you see him struggling with it especially in the first scene. As he's using it to defend himself or, yeah. uh, you know, kill the guys. Uh, he comes down after a swing and he burns his leg. Which he got. Yeah, and, and I
0: didn't really understand it when it happened there. No. I guess I missed that part when he got it originally. but And then what I really loved was you saw the other guy pick up the lightsaber for a second. yeah, And he couldn't even get it off the ground. Right. It was like Thor's hammer.
1: And the reason why they started fighting over it because the Paz Vizsla, which was was the guy's name, um, his ancestor created the dark saber. Yes. So the he said, "This saber. is my birthright. This you no. Know, this, this should This belongs to me. I should rebuild."
0: And what does the Mandalorian do? He goes, "All right, man. i I'll, I'll give you a crack at it."
1: Yeah, because that's part of the code. That's how he was able to get the. That's why he was respected for having the sword because he fought Moth Gideon and and beat him. Um, and also, uh, he had with with going back to the staff, he wasn't really dishonorable because he he fought the person who had the staff.
0: Yeah, she said it wasn't an honorable weapon.
1: Right. Yeah. Because yeah. Of what yeah. it was made out of.
0: Yes. To, well, because it could pierce even the armor of pierce. It's like an armor-piercing bullet, essentially. Yeah,
1: because it's made it's made of beskar it's pretty much just yeah. what, what their armor's is made of so that's pretty much the only thing that could really pierce them what
0: else that's pretty much episode five wasn't
1: it that's pretty much episode five you see him kind of like struggling with the with with the injury you'll see you see how he acts in public kind of keeping like you know he's a strong stoic type but then like when people leave and he's by himself you'll see him like ah oh, like kind of br- <laughs> gasping like in pain and everything like that yeah uh, he you pretty he pretty much keeps up that act until he gets to the armorer where he he eventually passes out. Yeah. But yeah, it was uh yeah, pretty much with the 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 fight for the Well, he kind of wrecked Paz Vizla after he after he let go of that dark saber. He pulled out the uh the vibrating blade, the little dildo blade as I call it <laughs> and just starts going through the weak points in his armor. And Well, no, the
0: problem was because the big guy picked up the dark saber too, yeah, and you're sitting there going, like, you guys really should be fighting with just about anything other than the thing you want.
1: Yeah, that that should have been it, but there was he was stubborn. He wanted he he wanted that arm. He wanted that 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 the sword. He wanted it back yeah. in his family. He wanted to be the one to bring the uh, the clan back together. And then and then I mean we we bring it forward to when he goes to Tatooine. He gets the speeder, the the Naboo speeder or fighter, I should say, starfighter. And man, I that that touched me a little bit because I'm like. Actually, wait, this is a recap. Let's recap the rest of it. We get into it.
0: Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Episode Episode six. Episode six starts out with another bang. We have Timothy Oliphant, one of my favorite actors who you might recognize from Deadwood. And here he is in Star Wars as a desert gun slinger. Uh, and for those who don't know, he he was a Mandalorian himself at one point, right?
1: No, he was not a Mandalorian. He just wore the armor. He found Boba Fett's armor, and he was wearing it.
0: He well, got- then he was an honorary. He was as much a Mandalorian as Boba Fett is himself.
1: Man, okay, whatever, <laughs> whatever. So anyway, so he finds the armor. He he rocks it. All right, it. all right. And you know, so we got- he becomes the sheriff.
0: Yes, Timothy Oliphant is the sheriff of this town. Mando's got to go back to Skywalker because he wants to give Grogu this chainmail armor, baby chainmail armor that he made, which is so adorable.
1: Right, (laughs) and he also has some doubts on whether Grogu is actually safe there. Yeah,
0: or... Well, he also, he misses him. That too. I mean, they really pull on your heartstrings. Then... Uh so he travels across the galaxy to give Grogu this protective gift and we get Luke Skywalker there which is just it's great to see him there it's right. nice that he's there um and and the and the CGI motion capture of his face it, it really feels like we're just looking at Mark Hamill there
1: yeah. you know it's
0: it's crazy technology is insane right and I cannot imagine the price tag next to those scenes. <laughs> then Mando, Mando does what he does best. He makes the hard decision. He's told, hey, man, don't affect the child's training. You really shouldn't leave the gift and I'll give it to him. And so, so Mando does not see Grogu. He drops the gift off and he leaves. Then we meet this stranger. The uh, what's the what's the blue alien's name? The
1: gunslinger. Uh, his name is Cade. I'm sorry, Cade, Cade Bang. Yeah.
0: Cade Bang.
1: Yeah. Maybe,
0: maybe one of the dopest characters in all Star Wars mythos. Cade Bang.
1: For for reference, for those who don't know, he trained Boba Fett to be a bounty hunter.
0: Wow. I mean, I I felt like I was watching a uh, an alien Clint Eastwood just up there in a spaghetti western, and this yeah. guy is bad badass. I just enjoyed everything about him. I cannot talk enough about how much I enjoyed him. And then his episode. Well, what else happened in episode six?
1: Uh, episode six, K. Bane and um and the sheriff Cod Vanth. Yeah. Timothy Oliphant's character, they fa- they face off, kind of you know, old uh, high noon type of guns drawn. Whoever has the fastest draw is the winner. Type. Um, not only did Cade win, but he shot he shot the deputy and then shot the sheriff.
0: <laughs> well, you know, and and in the sheriff's defense, the sheriff seemed pretty distracted by the deputy, and I wonder, had the deputy just done what the sheriff told him to do in the first place? Would that have gone down a little differently?
1: Right, because earlier Cade um, discouraged a a spice sale by the Pikes, and you saw how fast he was at, at drawing the gun.
0: I mean, he gunned down four people before any of them even got a, a gun right. pulled. Yeah, man. So I de- blame it on the deputy.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, the deputy definitely. He was a uh, you know one of those uh, high strung type. He was, he wanted to get his uh his beak wet. He was like, I need some action. It's pretty boring out here in Freetown. But um, ended up costing him his life.
0: And the sheriff's, too. Maybe. I'm not so convinced that the sheriff's 100% dead. Mm, I don't
1: know. We'll see.
0: Is that episode six? That's pretty
1: much episode six.
0: And then episode seven, we have the big showdown where Bo Fett's back and he makes a bunch of bad choices again. And he's got a team of people doing silly stuff and... He flies in his jetpack and then there's a bunch of, uh, you know, aliens with guns shooting at him and he's shooting back. And then, uh, then he's on top of a big, uh, monster thing that was feeding his, feeding his little pet monster in his pit. And then he rides that, but he doesn't really know how to ride it. And then he falls off and then it goes crazy. And then baby Yoda comes in. Oh, baby Yoda comes in. He puts the creature to sleep and then Mandalorian's back in there and he does some stuff. And then that's the episode. Did I miss
1: anything? (laughs) I mean. What? Yes. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll just go with that recap. We'll start talking about it now. Wow. Wow.
0: Yo, man. <laughs> anytime the anytime Boba Fett was on screen, just making bad decisions, I couldn't watch the content. And I like the actor. That's the crazy thing. I like the I like all the actors in it. That's uh-huh. not the problem. It's just that the content itself was like I just couldn't get behind it.
1: I mean, Boba Fett is trying to be a different ruler compared to to Jabba Hutt. That, that, that's the thing. Like Jabba Hut, um, he he ruled with like an iron fist. You know, if you if you crossed him, he fed you to his rain car, or just had you killed outright. And he was trying not to be that type of ruler, which was was going to be an adjustment. As to what everyone was used to, because, you know, people see that as kind of like weakness, especially on Tatooine.
0: Yeah, but we see uh, we see. And here's the problem. We see the Mandalorian do the same version of that mm-hmm. in the first scene. He goes in there. He goes, listen, I can take you in alive or I can take you in dead. They make the first move. All right. He de- He defends himself and eventually does what he came to do. Cuts the guy's head off. Fine. I take you in dead. I'm still going to get my credits and I need, the, I need the information that's tethered to me bringing you in. Right. And then he goes out and there's all those people there. He goes, listen, I- I'll kill every single one of you in here if that's what you want. But I don't particularly want to. We can make a different decision. And that's the kind of leadership skills that they spoon feed us with Boba Fett. But to me, Boba Fett just feels weak in every scene.
1: Yeah, he does seem weak a lot. I mean, he doesn't seem as ruthless. In my, I would say, I wouldn't say weak.
0: But would you call the Mandalorian ruthless? I
1: wouldn't He's, call him ruthless. Mandalorian was just straight to the point. He was like, "Listen, like Mandalorian, his what he was doing was really wasn't leadership. It was just like, here, here's what I'm here for. I'm here to bring you in, dead or alive. You're coming with me."
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I feel li- like Boba Fett is lacking honor. He's lacking honor? How so? Which is so tethered to the the costume, right?
1: I mean, how is he lacking honor, though?
0: I just feel like it's it's f- forced, huh?
1: Because I feel like he's he's been like to those in his his ally group. He's been doing nothing but uh, showing honor to them. Like he helped yes. Fenix. Who's now indebted to him? He made a proposition with the um the biker gang, the, the android yes. biker gang, where he can easily just wipe them off, wipe them out, excuse me. Um, ended up employing them. Um he actually made it he made another deal with um the 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 black Wookie. Yes. He could just send him on his way, he could put a, a couple of blaster shots in the back of his head if he wanted to while he was walking away. But he was like, Hey, if you need work, I'm over here. You know? I mean, I see him just making the right moves in order to set set himself up. So that he can run the town, but the problem is he he has he didn't have an, um, any type of like experience like running a syndicate, running like an organization. He was just for himself throughout his whole career or throughout his whole life. He was just you know just going out working for someone. Someone points him in a direction. He goes fulfills whatever task needs to be filled. Grab whatever body he needs to grab and bring it back. That's all he pretty much had to do. Now he has to figure out navigate his way through running an organization. Leading people, instructing people, kind of getting people to do what he wants without just outright forcing them to.
0: I just feel like he's not very good at most things either. Like every time they're in a situation, it's like Finnick is competent and capable. And even when they go to go get his ship back, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I got to go get my ship back. He's got a bad plan. She's got a better plan. He gets in a situation where he can't defend himself. Everyone else comes to his rescue. It's like I'm waiting for a moment. I keep waiting for a moment where he's validated in the content as this badass intergalactic bounty hunter that everybody knows his name. It's Boba Fett. And they did not make him that. And the crazy thing about it is the blue alien who's there for one, two scenes Mm -hmm. instantly is iconic. Yeah. You cannot not remember him. I mean. Tim Fila Tim, who's killed off in one scene. You're like, oh my god, this guy's a badass. Mandalorian in his first scene. There's no questions about who he is. And I'm watching an entire series called The Book of – The Book. It's not even called Boba Fett. It's called The Book of Boba Fett. The Book of Boba Fett, which implies something innately tethered to understanding the core of who this person is, Their their code. It's the book of Boba Fett, the code of Boba Fett. And we just don't get it. The best moments in this series are all the moments he's not in. I,
1: wouldn't say that. <laughs> I feel like he had it. He had his moments. I mean, he, mind you, he was, he was getting over being in a Sarlacc in a, the start. Why am I bumbling on his word? The Sarlacc's <laughs> gut the whole time. So he's yeah. recovering from that. Um, also, he's learning to fight without his armor while still trying to recover. And then when he finally, fu- like, he fully uh. gets recovered in the in the in the back the pit or the back the tank, excuse me. You yeah. know, he's he's still he's he's now trying to navigate the, the the underworld of being a leader. So I mean, I I appreciated the fact that he didn't know what he was doing. He had bad plans because it it showed that he was just you know a person just trying to figure it out. And especially when he didn't have his armor, he's trying to figure out how to fight and everything without that, like, added oh. security blanket, if you will. Can, can we talk about that, too? I mean, listen, what, what that last fight scene when they were both getting blasted, them, I just I just chalked that up. The plot armor, literally. <laughs> and because I'm like, there's no way these guys are getting shot so much by these people. And no one's hitting a weak spot. No one's hitting these huge gaps in their armor.
0: Or they yeah.
1: Right, but uh, yeah, at all, <sighs> it's just one of those things you kind of got to eat chalk up.
0: And, and then his armor is such a big part of this series, and we never see him get it back. Like they never actually fill in that gap. How did Boba Fett get his armor back?
1: I believe he got it back in, in the Mandalorian. Oh, I see.
0: So unless you saw that moment in the Mandalorian, right. you you don't get that information. Yeah, and I did feel like you know that's another that's another problem. This this series, Boba Fett, operates on the idea that you've watched all of everything from any other content source that is out there in order to understand things that happen in this series, which is maybe a big ask.
1: I mean, is it really? Because The Mandalorian was absolutely awesome. Like,
0: No, I don't mean it's a big ask to watch good content. I mean, it's a big ask to expect that no one who hasn't watched all of a thing isn't still going to pick up Boba Fett.
1: Uh. I mean, I don't think it's a bit. Like, if you're if you're a true fan of the content, then yeah. I mean, if you're coming in fresh and don't know, like, then why are you starting here? Like, you could have started anywhere else, but why book a Boba Fett if you're, if you're not really a fan of Star Wars? Like, diehard fans of Star Wars, they're watching all the content coming out. Like, especially the mainstream stuff. They may not be out here, you know, looking at YouTube videos and deep diving and whatnot, reading the books. But if anything comes out on the screen, they're watching it, for better or for worse.
0: Well, yeah. for better or for worse,
1: you know, there's, there's there's like three movies that weren't that great. We'll just leave it at that.
0: Can I poke at one other thing What's before that? I get off this poke poke fest of mine? In the final showdown with Boba Fett and whoever he's fighting, it might have been the blue face guy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't I don't remember.
1: Right? Yes. He
0: loses all his weapons, mm-hmm. and then two shots. Literally two shots before he uses it, you see the Tuscan Raider staff on his back. And I was like, oh, when, where, where did that come from? Okay. And then he loses all his weapons, but he still has the staff. I get to use the staff to validate me learning how to use the staff. And then he uses the staff to win the fight in two hits. And, you, and I, just, I literally face planted. I mean, listen. He didn't Plot have armor. it on him the whole time.
1: Plot armor. This was this, this the best time for him to use it. He's not no, going to use it in the middle time. of the blaster fight.
0: But he doesn't. He never carried it around with him. So why did he have it on him just then? I don't know. I, maybe i got to go back and watch it, but I never noticed it. I noticed it two frames, to like two different camera angle shots, before he then was in a compromised position and lost all his weapons. But, oh, thank goodness I had the staff. And I'm like... You didn't have that at the top of the episode. When when did you run back to your place that we all agreed you weren't going to be hiding in your home to go get your staff that was there?
1: Yeah, I might I might, I might, might need to go back and watch that, too, because I don't remember seeing it on him as well. Because it
0: wasn't. Because <laughs> they needed it in that scene. That's what I'm getting at. It wasn't on him until they got to that
1: so, scene. So what are you then, we saying? Are you saying bad. it was bad? You no know, set directing? What are we doing? Props. Who are we getting mad at? Really. It's
0: bad storytelling, is what it is. Ah. If that weapon is so tethered to who he is, because he's changed so much as a person, then that's his weapon, and he always has it on him. If I am walking down the street, I got my Tuscan staff on me because I am Tuscan in my heart
1: now. See now, I am going to his go book. and look back and to see if he had the, this t- the, the Tuscan staff on him at all times. I am going to go doesn't. look back at it. I am going to have to say we'll, we're going to see. I am going to put a pin in that. We'll see. I am not going to say yes or no to that.
0: All right, uh, we pick that back up next episode. All right, what else we what else are we missing?
1: Uh, I mean the dope scene because uh, episode three, he got he was also presented with a um a Rancor, but the Rancor was depressed, so he had yeah. to gain the trust of the Rancor, apparently.
0: And a great little cameo with uh, Danny Trejo.
1: Yeah, yeah. So what he wanted to do was to gain the trust of the Rancor and to write it like the the legends of the witches of Dathomir. Right to be.
0: Here's here's another reason why the content didn't work for me though. They drop that seed. They go, I want to have the best relationship with this guy, and I want to learn how to ride him. Right. And you literally never see him interact with the creature again until he's riding it. This is true. Three episodes later, and you're like, what? When did you build a connection with this thing? That's doesn't these things don't let people ride them. Why are you special? Why was your relationship so? We just have to. Okay, all right, sure, yeah, you fine, just, you pass, just, take
1: it. You just saw a quick glimpse of when Durencourt reached through when he was doing negotiating again. He reached through the, the bars, the floor, the floor grates. And yeah. he kind of told him to calm down and chill and kind of calm down. But you really didn't see him build that. Never. Version. Yeah. i you g- just I you, you just
0: have to You just have to say, okay, I guess it happened.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I kind of I kind of predicted that was going to happen when he kind of just came back with the whole, yeah, I was like, okay. I mean, it was dope to see. It, don't get me wrong. But at the same time, it was like. Of course sword it happened. was. Sort happening.
0: Of course it was. We knew it was going to happen because they planted the seed. Yeah. And they planted, they spoon fed that seed to us. I'm like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and I get it. He'll write it later. But you're going to earn it, right? Yeah. You're not just going to tell me he's going to write it. Then you're going to write it. You're going to, you're going to earn it, right? But the answer is no. You're not going to earn it. You're just going to tell us and then you're going to do it. Listen, I can't get behind. I'm sorry, man. I really, really want to like this content. I cannot endorse the book of Boba Fett and I won't lie. What I will endorse and highly endorse is if anyone's on the fence about whether or not you should watch the book of Boba Fett, this is your shot of milk saying, nah, But watch episode five and six. Yo, watch episodes five and six. Book of Boba Fett episodes five and six. Watch it. Maybe seven. Maybe five, six, and seven. But you don't need to watch episode one. You don't need to watch episode two. You don't need to watch episode three. And you don't need to watch episode four. That's my opinion. And I might get hung at the stake for it. But uh, that's my opinion.
1: I mean, listen. Let's just talk about episode <laughs> five and six. So, as I was saying before, when he got the 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 Naboo starfighter, and he was just like, "Oh, this is a piece of junk." Because, little quick little recap: The Mandalorian lost his lost his Razor Crest in season two, right? So now he needs a replacement ride. Now he gets this. You know, you compared to the Razor Crest, the the Naboo starfighter is like you know like a like a go kart. It's it's smaller. Like how are you gonna how are you gonna you no know, hold bounties? So he was kind of he was kind of off put by it. But the mechanic promised him, "Hey, listen, this is one of the top of the line starfighters out here. Just trust me. Let me put it together. You'll love it." And then they go into this whole thing where they're putting it together. This this really touched the inner mechanic in me. They go on piece by piece, negotiating with the little fur balls that she was having of sexual <laughs> relations with. Oh yeah, which was just unnerving to think about anyway so and you you see him put put the, the see him putting the, everything together um and you also see him gaining trust of droid because if you don't remember his whole sect of mandalorians had a distrust of droids because they were pretty much wiped out by droid and then also his his family was wiped out by droid so they don't the, the this sect of the mandalorians and mandalorians in general i would say they don't have a trust for droid so and you saw that in in previous in the previous uh mandalorians um but you saw him kind of gaining a trust for droids as he was putting the as he was putting the ship together and then when he gets that ship together that let me tell you, first of all if you don't know the nabu fighter ships in general are just like some of the sleekest ships out there like the chrome the smooth edges you really can't go wrong with a nabu ship and then he got the starfighter he gets up out there and hits the little what you would call the giggle switch would be like nas or nitrous and my man just takes off gone Man, no. man, especially when the the, the, the X wing fighters came up on them no. you know, you kind of get a little nod from um from season two on that one because it, it was the same. the I believe the main pilot, the senior pilot, was was from man was from the Mandalorian season two and one night. So he was like, "Hey, your voice sounds familiar." Because mind you, this is a this is a ship put together. It's an older ship. Uh, I don't know the exact years on it, so it doesn't have a, I guess like a transponder. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't have a recognizable signal. So now he was like, oh, your, "Your voice sounds familiar." You know, did, did you used to ride a Razor Crest? And he kind of like goes off like, oh, no, "I don't think so. I don't think oh, I think you got the wrong guy." And he's like, oh, "Okay." So then he hits that Nas and just takes off. I was like, "Come on, that's gone." Like, that was so dope. And actually, before he even goes up into space, you see him flying through the um, the canyons. Yeah, the canyons where they had the pod racing. In, in the previous movies um and bro let me that that, that, that i mean the pottery yeah. thing was just dope like if anyone who followed or who, who watched my was it phantom Menace i believe yeah yeah phantom Menace and you've seen the pottery that was just a, like, dope ass scenes right there and just him going through the scene and you see um the gate that um the Anakin uh broke through and kind of ran up the ramp that was still <laughs> broken. It was just so many nods to that movie. And I was like, yeah, that, that was pretty fresh. And, um, yeah, I mean, and uh, also you see the pod where the droid would be. You see it's just a dome. And you kind of know, you kind of you maybe not know, but you kind of have an idea like Grogu's going to be in that pod. But <laughs> so you kind of have an idea. Like, what, what else are you going to use that for? Yeah. But
0: Because um, yeah. they also say uh, she dismantled the the droid input thing right so you're like well why'd you leave the dome yeah i guess he could put the a bounty the head of a bounty in there or something Head
1: of the bounty or it could bounty up because i mean there's not that much room in there because like a like a what a 3po no not a 3po yeah it's an r2 a d2 unit excuse me yeah d2 yeah d2 unit is pretty much the only thing that could fit in there but yeah yeah man I mean that was listen that was fresh. I love that just that part right there. And then when he made it to um, I forgot what 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 planet it was, but you see him also again uneasy with the droids because when he makes it to the planet where Grogu is, yeah, um, you see oh, just a, so many trees. so many droids building, which, uh, which I believe I believe is going to be like the temple, the next Jedi temple, yeah, and mm-hmm. you know then they start building. He's talking to R two D two. He's like, you know, where's the kid? Or where's whoever, and you know, in classic fashion. All just beeping away, like you don't know what the hell he's saying. So he built yeah, so, the. But,
0: but everyone else does.
1: Though. Yeah, everyone else does. So they build him a little you no know, bench or whatever to, to chill at, and then he kind of knocks out. Then Ahsoka comes up, and I'm just like, man, I'm thinking the whole time, like, when are we going to see this show? But anyway, bring it back. And also, is I that
0: Rosario like, Dar- Dawson? Yeah,
1: yes, it is. Oh, yeah. yes it is sir. Yeah
0: she's she's pretty phenomenal. Amen. Amen. Mm. It's still PG
1: rating. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> so bring it back. So now she's kind of she's kind of getting in his head like um he's like hey he, he has to he kind of can't uh be attached to you anymore and still walk this path of uh, of a Jedi pretty much. Like he has to like uh forego all our worldly possessions and and I guess loved ones because he can't he needs to focus on this this new life of being a Jedi warrior or the, the life of a jedi and he needs to focus on that and you know with the force and everything so he's 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 stuck he's left with a, a hard choice of should he go see grogu give him the gift that the the armor made for him out of the staff or should he just let it go and he you know, he made the choice to just let it go cuz also going back to him handling the sword that in my opinion that possibly could be one of the reasons why he's having problems holding the sword Because that's one of the things that's kind of weighing in on him, the fact that he had to let go of Grogu. And he's worrying about whether he's safe or not. So now they're kind of both in that same boat where they're like, they need to let go of things in order to be, I guess, like the best versions of themselves.
0: You know what's so nice about that too is, it's like, we saw the struggle with the sword. Mm. and And they didn't shortchange the process. Yeah. And by the end, of the by the end of his little cameo, he's no closer to actually wielding the sword properly than he was when we first saw him. True. And and that's kind of what I'm getting at with, uh, like Boba Fett and the monster. Mm. Like there's a process, yeah. and it's okay to make the audience go through that process with you because then you get the payoff. Right. Right. It's like it's like that moment in the Avenger movie. Where the Avengers assemble for the first time and the camera 360 dolly shots around the people and the crowd goes
1: wild. Yeah.
0: Because they earn that moment. The when Boba Fett was on top of that creature, we should have all been standing, screaming, excited shouts of joy. But they didn't earn but they didn't earn the moment. And so it felt kind of fast tracked.
1: I give you that, yeah. They did. They did fast tracking on that. One. Hopefully, the Mandalorian three kind of works through his because he has a lot of things on his head. He not only with Grogu, but also with the creed, the Mando creed. He, no, he exposed his face twice. Mm-hmm. Now he has to go atone for that in the what the springs or the baths that's underneath yep. the uh, the capital. But the yep. capital's been wiped out. So, like, how is he going to do that? So now he's, I feel like season three is going to be, it's going to be pretty dope with him trying to, trying to like, you know, free his mind and atone for, you no, know, I guess the sins, I guess is the best way to, to say it when he removed his helmet and also dealing with Grogu. Yeah. And then and hopefully that we'll see him become a better, uh, dark saber wielder. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm excited about that. So the takeaway is, uh, we're excited about the Mandalorian.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I guess so. <laughs>
0: are are you excited for boba fett season two
1: i mean yeah i would like to see how boba fett um you know navigates through being the new daimo and yeah how how he's how he's ruling that that uh tatooine and everything like that because you know he's trying to he's trying to be a a more i want to say lenient but a fair a fair ruler as opposed to boba fett i mean jabba the hutt who ruled pretty much in with fear
0: yeah, he's trying to be a benevolent
1: ruler. But Bene- there we go, that education coming through right there. Benevolent, using big words <laughs> that I don't know. You know that word. Yeah. that pretty much wraps it up. I mean, um, we we come to the end of uh, I believe episode seven because now Boba's walking around with Fennec. Um, everyone's gracious that he he mm-hmm. saved them and giving them offerings and, and and everything. But he see him in pain, and he was like, "Hey, you know the he 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 makes a um." A comment saying that the tank, the Bacta, the Bacta tank was being used. And then we kind of get the uh, shot of uh, Cod, Cod Vanth in the tank. So we see that he's not dead. And he's going to make his way back. Maybe he's modified. Oh, also, boom, the techno guy that you were saying, (laughs) the cyber techno guy. He's also gearing up to look like to uh, put him under the knife or the plasma cutter. I don't know. If that would be the pr- correct term, but you know, he's gonna make some modifications to him. So I'm curious to see how are they gonna uh, how are they gonna make that happen. Are they gonna give him like an extra arm? Or what are we gonna do here?
0: Well, I was sad they killed the blue guy.
1: I mean, he, see him. he had his time. Like, if you go through the rest of the um, the rest of the content, the uh, the the anime, mainly the animated stuff. Actually, all animated. You know, he had a, He had a shine. He was pretty dope. Like, he, he had a moment with um, with Obi Wan. Well he actually I saved Obi Wan in another Jedi. Yo. Yeah. Maybe
0: we'll get him returning in the Obi Wan series.
1: Maybe. Was he around back then? Mm, I don't know the timeline in that. But maybe. Who, who knows? I mean he made like I could only like if that was in theaters, I could only imagine people going crazy when he lifted his head up and you showed like I knew who it was oh, because man. of the because of the tentacles. Of the, yeah, the hoses coming out of his cheeks. But when he like the full on lift up of the head and you really see who it is, I can see the yeah. crowd going crazy for that one. Like people man, who are really true to man. the man, his performance is so good. Yeah, it was yeah. real, real, real dope. But um, now who knows? Maybe we'll maybe an Obi Wan we will will we'll get some some more of him.
0: I could definitely stand to have him back, no question. Alright, well, thanks for joining us as we recapped The Book of Boba Fett Episodes 4 through 7 Hope you enjoyed it If uh, if you enjoyed it, tell your friends If you didn't, well, tell your enemies <laughs> 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 And, uh, and uh, <laughs> you catch us on social media We're on Instagram, dropping stuff all day, every day Facebook, you can come chat with us there yeah. or you can watch some of our video clips on YouTube Whatever you like like subscribe check the stuff helps the algorithm if not just enjoy the podcast and that's cool too
1: yeah all right peace later